The following message is the word of God for you from the annual conference of the household of David Church, themed Great Grace. Be blessed. If God is great, grace is great. Tonight, let me talk on grace. But I know that a lot of has been said about grace in recent times. And many have asked me, say, why don't you say something about grace? I say, I preach grace every time. I'm not just about to begin to preach grace. As a matter of fact, if what I'm preaching is not grace, I'm a failure. You know, people are funny. I mean, oh, suddenly prophetic. Then everything is prophetic. And they will be prophetic until it gets into the edge of the cliff. And some will actually fall. Then some say, oh, we've got to balance it. What are you talking about? It is apostolic. They say, ah, apostolic. They'll beat it and someone will on the edge of the cliff. And Canadian gave a warning. He said, stay at the center of the highway. Stay right in the middle of the road. See, because everything has a balance. So I think I should talk a little bit about grace tonight. And we're going to discover that grace is truly great. And if it's going to compare with anything in our lives, grace is always greater. Oh yes, it is. As far as I was looking at Second Corinthians, where Paul was saying, my grace is sufficient. What do you mean? That means, come what may in your life, no matter how terrible, my grace is sufficient. Let me see your back. My grace, okapai. That is, no matter how horrible, how strong, how terrible, my grace will tame it. The man said, I prayed three times. I saw the Lord three times. Paul, I will only pray once and the dead will rise. Paul, I said, if it's revelations, man, that I think I've seen, that except by permission, I will never talk about. Said so these things that are troubling me. I saw the Lord. You know? When I said, God, he said, my grace is suffering. <laughs> then he didn't stop there. He said, because my strength is perfected or made perfect in your weakness. In fact, it's in weakness. And that begins to define grace. Grace kicks off when you are powerless. Yeah? You see, this thing about grace and hyper-grace and things is a cycle. They've been before. I'm not just talking of recent past. They've been in Bible times. Then they've been severally in contemporary times. So they just come again. But unfortunately, unfortunately, it's when controversies come on doctrines, some people fall. That's the unfortunate thing. Some people just miss it. I remember when we were getting to the university many years ago. I remember the year I was getting to prelim. Was it brilliant? Yeah. That was this doctrine that was so strong that Jesus was coming very soon. Was so strong. A lot of the leaders of the fellowships on the campuses around ran into trouble. Very few were saved. I wasn't a very serious Christian, but I was a Christian. People with three A's, A stars, in those days it wasn't easy to get A from A levels. 
they made a shipwreck of their careers. But for the mercy and the grace of God in, year, in later years, they were off. They will leave everything and go stay on the mountain waiting for Jesus. Jesus is here to come. And it was so impossible to tell them otherwise. So many. When we were leaving campus, some of our wonderful brethren said that church is Babylon. And many of them left church. Great teachers of the word. People with unusual pastoral anointing. I'm not joking. But thank God, many of them are now coming back into the church. You see, what we fail to realize is that no matter how weak the church is, it is still the church of Jesus Christ. And there will always be a remnant. So most of them are back. I, I know very dear people that even today they still don't go to church. And they were leaders then. We were the ones they preached about that we know that within the next one month after graduation, some of you were flight and they were looking at me. I remember. And I was saying to him, I said, wow, what makes him think I will backslide? I was saying to myself, if only this guy knew where Jesus and I met, he wouldn't be talking this way. So what I want to believe God to do tonight, which can never be exhaustive, is to take you just a little beyond the surface. Let me just talk to you. You are the church today that will be here tomorrow. In the name of Jesus. You are. I'm not going to address everything about grace. But believe in me. What is anybody preaching if it's not grace? If you are a Christian, what are you preaching if it's not grace? Let's face it. Is it because, I have no, because you don't come to see? I say grace, 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 grace. Come on. In those days, it's prophetic singing, prophetic prayer, prophetic intercession, prophetic um, scripture, prophetic. Everything was prophetic. Are you just waking up to realize that God has always been prophetic? So what's the problem? Praise the Lord. We give God the glory. Prophetic preaching. Prophetic teaching. Prophetic announcement. So really, grace is great. It's the greatest thing in the Bible. I've read it everywhere. It's the basis of scriptures. Honest, it is. If I will argue that something else is more important than grace, that's my own argument, which doesn't mean it's true. I'll say it's covenant. But I believe it's true. You say what? Because see, at the root of grace is the covenant we have with God. <laughs> okay, let's start from Second Samuel chapter 9. If you're there, say Amen. Second Samuel chapter 9. Now David said, Is there still 
anyone who is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness. For Jonathan's sake. And there was a servant of the house of Saul, whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul? To whom I may show the kindness of God. And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He indeed he is in the house of Machir, the son of Emil in Lodiba. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Emil from Lodiba. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. Seven. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness. For Jonathan, your father's and will restore to you all the lands of Saul, your grandfather. And you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant, that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul, and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall walk the land for him. And you shall bring, him, bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now, Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. And Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Maker, and all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwells in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table. And he was lame in both his feet. I thought of how to really explain this issue of grace. And the Lord began to direct me here. I struggled with it because I wanted to go elsewhere. If you asked pastor, I mean, like him, I was using the loo, so he took me there. I asked him on the way, I said, have I preached this message here before? He said, no. I said, now I know why God will insist. Because on the way, I was planning to change. Maybe some questions to start with. Or oh, let me just start from verse 1. We all know who David was. He was the king. 
And the kind of king, not the kind of king that you will hear for a while and will fade off. David never faded off. David is getting stronger by the day. He was getting stronger by the day. He is getting stronger by the day. He will forever get stronger. David. Pastor Tywo, is he alive? No, 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 no. He's dead in the physical. But see what the Lord achieved. Oh, I'm talking to the household of David, by the way. I just remember. I ask myself a lot of questions when I sit down. Every man is known for one thing. They do well. After a while, the generation that didn't know them will come and before you know it, it's not David. Every position has a tenor. After the tenor, it fades off. Every glory fades off. But in Christ Jesus, he shines brighter. Uh-huh. You see what I mean? So the best thing any man will do for himself while alive, receive Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Be located in him. See, that was the time I was younger. Oh, I had some pet names. Ah, we were in every... But looking back, I said, thank God I didn't die there. Because most of us who were there together, we can't even remember them anymore. At the time, I won't mention names because we are in Lagos. All the songs, all the old one songs, certain names. If I mention them, most of you won't even know. You don't even know them. Except those who probably are descendants. I'm not joking. The kind of greatness I will attain that after I'm gone, nobody will remember. I don't want. I don't need it. For what? Somebody says, what you achieve and accomplish, they are, they are accomplishments. At best, they are your inheritances. That's in the, that's in the truth. So if you leave nobody behind, you have no legacy. <laughs> and that's why this David story just kind of sums it up all for me. And I feel so good talking about him here tonight. I'm talking about him with you. Hear how he started. Now, you know, remember, let me just quickly say this to you. Our last nineteen service, I was asking God what to share and how. Because you don't have too much time to share. You want to share the word in a way that you will understand and stir up faith in them. So that when you come out to annoy people are ready and things are happening. Uh-huh. They gave me David. This David is too strong. And I began to look David in the light of the New Testament. And by the time I finished, I just realized that something had a fire was sparked. And one of the things that came about was this. God looked for David. God ordained him king. But he didn't give him a throne to reign from. Yep. So he was a divinely ordained king with no throne. But talk of David. He's the only king whose throne is forever. 
I'm just trying to approach grace from many directions by the grace of God. So let me come back to you. So finally he was king at this time. And somebody said, history actually has it, or rather even if you look at the Bible, has it. Chapter 8 said, David's further conquests. And after chapter 9, he went into war again. War with who? Uh, Ammon. Because the son of the king of Ammon misbehaved. So this very situation was between two wars. But David was a warrior that never, it never at any time, he didn't lose no battle. See what I pray for? I say, when my assignment is fully understood, I will lose no, I may I lose no battle in the name of Jesus. God has been faithful though. I must confess, he's been faithful. But I'm looking for more. In the name of Jesus. So at this point, some relative peace. So finally, he was sitting down on the throne. And at that time, he remembered something. Let me call it something. And how will he go about it? He asked the question. And what was the question? Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul? Is there still anyone? Why are you asking? That I may show him kindness. Why? For Jonathan's sake. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So what was motivating King David? Covenant. No wonder his life was unique. He was conscious of God's covenant all his life. So it was just this covenant keeping God, this God that will always keep the side of the covenant. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah. I intend to come to it. I mean with Jonathan. Jonathan died. With his father. Some twenty years ago. The father was the very reason I was running around. He was hunting me, he wanted to kill me. I had to fake madness and escape to the, to, the, to the land of the Philistines. I got there. I almost went to war against covenant people. God saved my neck. By the time I came back to Ziklag, my children and my wife were gone. All the children and the wives of my loyalists were gone. At that point, they faced me. I mean, they turned to me to kill me. But again, for the covenant keeping God. And so, he said, this God... It's too good, oh. I will worship you forever. Love you forever. Because this God is the covenant keeping God. For Jonathan's sake. What will you do because of Jonathan? What was it with you and Jonathan? I had a covenant with Jonathan. So, but for the covenant, because of the covenant, I'm looking for someone from the lineage of Jonathan. And Jonathan was the only son of Saul that I knew anyway. So, household of Saul. Now, let me ask you this. 
Don't you think you could have said? You could have said, is there any qualified member of the house of Saul? Is there anyone worthy in the house of Saul? No. Is there anyone? Can you just, is there, I just, someone, wait a minute. What if they are not qualified? <laughs> what to qualify them is what I'm talking about. The covenant of it. If you can find one, and you can prove to me that it belongs to the lineage of Saul, I'll tell you a qualified, I'll show you a qualified man. Uh-huh. Oh. Ziba came, said there is one. His name is Mephibosheth. Besar. He's lame. He's paraplegic. His two legs are gone. You know how he walks? That's the only one there. David said, it doesn't matter how he looks. It doesn't matter what is wrong with him. Because of the covenant, he qualifies. <laughs> Hear me. You are qualified. You say, why? You have a superior covenant. The blood of Jesus. Aha. The confession of that song that pastor was leading. You are qualified. When you know you are qualified, the confidence to move on will come. You now see why grace is the language of the covenant. Because grace we know it's a mercy favor. Somebody defined it this way. He said, Grace is everything for nothing, for nothing, to those who don't deserve anything. It's everything for nothing. If he would have not, his only, what makes you think he will not freely give you some things? It does not matter your level of education. Eh? What if I don't have the capacity? <laughs> I'll show you in the word of God. That capacity will come. It will come now. Maybe I should, maybe I should just say that. Because I have good examples. People who really... Uh-uh. Those boys that would be under the bridge. You know we had this home. <laughs> under the bridge. What should be? Boys that would dig the ground and sleep under the ground. All they do was sleeping and killing in the night. And we go there in the morning and preach to them. And when they will come to church, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get them to take their bath and they will come and sit down. And then some had no home. We had to get a home for them. Ladies and gentlemen, when they appear today, stand on the stage to talk, women weep all over the church. That you mean you pick this one? When we got to a stage and we would reconcile them with their families, some of the homes say, ah, no, we don't want to see you. We don't want to. Say, no, 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 it's changed. Say, no, 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 no. Then you're running. Adashi. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She said, yeah. We were all together doing it. Most of them are graduates today. Grace qualifies people. Let me give you another one quickly. You both know how you make before. The my my woman. Wendy. How? Sarah telling my mind. 
twice she had been guest at the White House. Forget the many occasions where Clinton said, look for the, my, my wife of Nigeria. She had to sit in front in meetings. Obama. The last time Ban Ki-moon, before he left, came to Nigeria, told her, I said, please, be my entourage. Wait for me at the airport. Guardian caught her where she was, where she was, shaking hands with the man, and they were walking away. OND. Before the last woman's day, Obama's wife, what's her name now? Mr. Ah, thank you, Michelle. She was the one that got up there, and by the time she finished talking, talking, said, Now, please, it's my privilege and singular honor to bring to the podium the First Lady of the United States of America. She was the one in the White House. Women's Day. Go check your YouTube, you see that. Baby, this is where I'm going. One of these days, some people called down there, talking about some things, said, I only have an OND. He said, You don't sound like that. Yeah, by the way, what will it take for you to have your master's? Oh, should that qualification or whatever. Sponsored her. She's almost graduating University of Liverpool. MBA. Or business. Only business. Master's in business something. I said that to say, don't tell me I, am, I don't have this. Grace is an unusual force. It takes root from the covenant. You know what covenant is? When God relates with man. Covenant is his language. I'm sorry, grace is his language. Now, let's come back to this. Why are you looking for him? So that I, have a way I may show him what? Kindness. The image of my Bible by Jack Kefford said this is, I may show him covenant faithfulness. Man may fail. God says, I'm a covenant keeper. I don't break my covenant. Let David, let the king know. My covenant is with you. When God says, my covenant is with you. Okay. That was showing covenant. I mean, kindness. You see kindness in verse 1. You see it in verse 3. Then the king said, verse 3 again, Is there not someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness? Look at see, he, he was restless. He must show kindness. Covenant, you always get God to show. Amen. And when God shows kindness, the world has no choice. Look at verse 7 again. So David said to him, that was when they had brought him, Do not fear for I will surely show you. <laughs> God lives to show kindness. Period. From the moment they let us make man, it was a covenant he struck. And so when you begin to see people who really study, theologians who go into all these things, they say there are mentioned three or four or five major covenants. But I know they mentioned Adamic. They mentioned Noahic, they mentioned um, Abrahamic, Mosaic, then some will combine Mosaic with the one he had with Israel and Sinai, then the New Covenant. And some will separate those two in the New Covenant. Anywhere you look at it, God will not deal with man except in the Covenant. See, you know why people run into trouble with 
with, with doctrines, they don't understand the Bible. We don't take time to really study. All we do is to just excite ourselves. Your need will be met. Take this. You are this. Can you explain why I'm this? It will save a lot of troubles. What when you are not where I can say, take in Jesus' name, receive in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. You should be able to get to the Bible and say, I know. There's nothing wrong in declaring what we declare it to happen. Right? But what if you're aware there's no, you don't have this kind of Christianity? And someone will try to prove to you that what you believe is not true. That's why we have to be grounded. So, and there was a servant, verse 2, of that was whose name was Eva. So when they had called him, he said, oh yes. And then he said in verse 3, and the king said, is that still not? Yeah, he said that mission. Then in verse 4, so the king said to him, where is he? And, uh, and Ziba said to the king, he is in the house of Maki. Lodibar. Lodibar was the northern end, towards the boundary to the Philistines. The guy ran for his life, and I'll tell you why. Um, it was the practice. When another king, particularly a dynasty, is coming in, different from the past dynasty, the one that comes in will try to wipe out every qualified person. Because they will grow up to become a threat to his kingdom or to his throne. So he kills them. And most of that Saul was so mean to David. So the nanny of Saul's grandson, Jonathan's son, Saul and Jonathan haven't died at, 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 at battle or at war. Picked the boy and was escaping, running away so David would not find him. And then he dropped from her hand and fractured two legs. And that was how, for the rest of his life, he was lame. Now at this time, we don't know how old he was. But he was in total obscurity. Far away from anything like the throne that he could have been, that he was an heir to. And he was living in fear. So, then the king sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, verse 5, the son of Emir from Lodibar. And now when the people said the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and, and prostrated himself. Let me stop there. Oh, then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. Can you see what grace does? Question now. What did Mephibosheth do? What did he do to making David look for him? They didn't even have any idea that the king would come. In fact, when, he find, when they finally got to him, I want to put it to you because the Bible is clear about it, he thought that was the end of his life. So finally, this man has caught up with me. Fear. So nothing he did. Absolutely, absolutely nothing. So you know what grace does? Grace will seek you out. Like a hit missile is going, looking for a head. Looking for a head. When he finds it, it lands. That's why we say great grace is upon you. And it separates you from everybody. That day in Lodiba, when the king's chariot entered, you could imagine everybody would take off. People would run out of trouble. 
And when they stopped in front of a house, probably a hamlet or a hut, or a house, everybody will be picking for them to say, Oh my God, oh my God. And when they stepped in, <laughs> two of them, sentries from the king, members of the king's guards, say, so We are looking for, for Murphy. 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 Who will deliver me? Mercy! Grace is looking for you. The things that used to chase you are about to stand at attention. And begin to drop their heart for you. The grace of God. I guess they picked him up. We, we couldn't walk. Then dumped him in the car, in the carriage, and started moving away. The old lady said, yeah, 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 yeah. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? All the way to Jerusalem, they started to run. But you see, God, this God is too much. What was working for this man, unknown to him, confirmed that. You know, pastors, I asked myself the question. I said, what did Abraham do? To be the choice of God. When he went to Abraham. Abraham was, was worshipping idols like his father and his brothers. So what did he do? So even in the Old Testament, grace was there. If, if it is God, it is grace. Uh-uh. <laughs> and if it is grace, there's something else. Something else must manifest. What is it? Faith. You must believe God. For it to work for you. God doesn't want anything from you. But if I say I'm going to make you great, believe me. How can you doubt God? What an insult. That's why nothing, nothing this not I mean, hey, nothing displeases God. But a man doubting him. Finally they brought him. <laughs> but they had no time to waste. They think they'll wait for him to be good. And then they'll be full. They jammed him up. When they got to the king, they were carrying him on their shoulders. And they went away. <laughs> he looked up. He bowed his head. And faced the ground. Then King David said, Fear! Grace! The first thing they will deal with, having found you, he will deal with fear. Fear has torment. Fear was never known on earth until man fell. Man lost his presence and fear took over. Fear not! I'm here to tell someone in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I don't know what is your greatest fear. I stand on the protocols of the blood that he shed on Calvary. On the fact that he died and resurrected. And he has given me his name and has given you his name. The name above every name. I rebuke that spirit of fear. Spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. I declare your liberty from fear. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> the moment fear goes. You know what takes over? Power. You know what takes over? Love. Because perfect love. You know what takes over? Sound mind. 
your creativity, your productivity, your innovative ability begins to manifest. <laughs> Fear paralyzes everything. Fear not! And I tell you what Grace just did there. Just gave him access. Grace will not only seek you out, knock out the fear, it will give you access to the presence. We are talking grace here. And this is our right, ladies and gentlemen, as Christians. Ephesians chapter 2. You know where your conversation used to be? With them in the world. At that time, you had nothing. You had no God. You are. Come on. Say, by God, who is rich in mercy? Verse 4. Out of his great love for me, arrested me, quickened me with Christ Jesus, lifted me with Christ Jesus. And sat me up there with Christ Jesus. Far above which fear. When he finds you, he, re- he relocates you. That's why the day you give your life to Jesus, your address changes. You say, what, what, to what? In Christ. In whom? In him. And everything is complete there. Let's finish this thing. Grace. So why will anybody fight with grace? But then, let me tell you where the problems can come. I'll show you quickly. Do you have the... Okay. You have the Amplified Bible? You have it. Good. Can you give me Jude 4 in Amplified Bible? I'll show you where the problems come with grace. Because some people deliberately create problems. I'll just say that and just come back. Go back quickly to what I'm teaching. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Jude 4. Amplified. Thank you. Jude 4. Amplified. Just see this. Okay, let me read. It says, For certain men have crept stealthily, in bracket, gaining entrance secretly by a side door. Their doom was predicted long ago. Ungodly, in bracket, impious, profane persons who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessing, and the favor of our God into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality. And disown and deny our soul master and Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and the anointed one. So, why am I reading this? If you read that Jude 4, it says, see, they are now taking this grace for granted and now encouraging licentiousness. License to sin. Some will do that. And that's why there has been a lot of fight over grace. Some are saying, Don't, you can't preach grace that way. You can't preach grace because people will take it as license. Some say, no, 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 but the message is grace. Everything is grace. Come on. Which is true. But you see, is it possible for some men to go to the extreme and be preaching the extreme? The Bible says yes. So we have to be mindful of that. Alright? But that does not reduce grace. We just have to be able to preach that and teach that and say, no, grace is no license for sin. No, it's not. As a matter of, God, as a matter of fact, grace is the power over sin. 
That's how you find in James chapter 4, 4 to 6. It is the power of sin. Yeah? Because the truth is this. You are not able to do anything of your own. Because without me, you can do. So it is by grace. So if by, if by grace you are becoming the champion in your industry, then by grace you can overcome sin. Yes. Otherwise, there is a warning in Jude, chapter, um, Jude verse 4. Which you can read it when you get home, you amplify Bible. So let's leave that. I just said to say that. To say there is a balance. Now let me go on and finish this thing by the grace of God. So you see, this man now had access. But look at this man. He's laying at his feet. He was there. All he could see was underneath the chair, chair that the king was sitting. The king had to do that to see him. But that didn't matter. He has been defined by grace. Do not fear. He said, I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. He's repeating it again. And will restore. Grace restores. <laughs> when you were coming to this conference this week, you didn't know what was written for you. Uh, you are coming back to testify. In the name of Jesus. Uh, you are coming back to testify. When, before the day, they went to pick him up, if anybody had asked him, he would say, please don't. But what was working for that? He had a covenant in place. Anybody here with a covenant in place? Aha. Uh-huh. And this is a superior one. Not with Jonathan. It is God the Father. Through the blood of Jesus, the Son, the Lamb of God. Better covenant based on better promises. Restore, uh, I will restore to you all the land your, your grandfather, verse 7, and you, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Okay. Supernatural provision. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Zebah Saul's servant and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his household. Not just what Saul had. Anyone in the house of Saul. Everything they had. He said, Look, give all. Total restoration. Verse 10. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall walk the The man that was struggling to eat for the past 20 years, all of a sudden, owns estates, owns lands, owns servants. For him, and you shall bring bring in the harvest, that your master's son may have food to eat. You should you will work hard, you and all your servants, all your sons. 
for the covenant child of God. See, we don't go boasting. The truth is this. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. But when we don't understand the principle behind it, we make so much noise, and then we give the unrighteous opportunity to even deal with us. You should just know what you know and walk in the light of what you know. And how will you relate with the unbelievers? Love. Why? Because God loves the world. Not just Christians. And the cave is only because it's for the world. For those who are not, they don't like. For those who are judging. And if any of them will one day just believe, they come. That's it. They become like you. So don't deal with them ruthlessly. Because the day they become Christians, you become, you say you are a bad person. And you call yourself a Christian. So, but you've been a Christian all your life. How come you behave this way to me all your life? Thank God I found Jesus myself. No, that will not be your testimony. Because they will come. They will. They will. Praise the Lord. It says that your father, your master, son may have food to eat. But hear this. But may people shed your master's son shall eat bread at my table always. Now, everybody in the Keja, they will work for you and they will bring everything to you so that there will be food for you to eat. But you, your breakfast, your snacking, your lunch, your in-between snacking, your dinner, my table. So what do you do with all the food they are bringing? Somebody from today, by virtue of your understanding of who you are and your right in Christ Jesus, your days of poverty are over. Yeah, they are over. They are over. I appreciate those who say that eh, they gather in their churches and they just clap and pray and pray and pray. Eh, not in Nigeria. Wait, just watch us. The truth is that what the church is doing in Nigeria today is the reason why Nigeria is going on. I'm not joking and I'm not boasting. That's the truth. Thank God for companies that are doing CSR. But it's true that what the churches are doing in the communities and in the cities, come on. I'm not joking. And our prayers continue to be by the grace of God. And we're getting better by the day. You say, how? You know, I ask the question all the time. I said, which school of architecture did Bezalil go to? Show me the architects living today that is superior in skills and knowledge than Bezalel. Show me one. And guess what? Bezalel was the second one. Aholiab. And I said, and all the one, all the company they will keep, said they will be they will be affected. They will teach them. You know, a lot of times I wonder, the seven wonders of the world. Sometimes you see some of these things. How did they build? There were no cranes. You see concrete wall going for miles. How did they do this? And I realized quickly that when it comes to God's covenant, they are based on promises. Come on, are you here with me? Good. Hallelujah. And with every promise, there are instructions. If you follow the instructions, you will never lack nothing, capacity or otherwise. See, there is, there is He who would hold more than is needed. 
and then it turns to poverty. And yet there's another that scatters and yet increases. Principles are clear. Then the Bible. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Come on. It's clear. So I want an overflowing blessing. Look for the appropriate place to give. For the sake of this ministry, can I quickly advise you? Give your offering. Give your tithe. Bless your pastors. Really? Oh, yes. Bless this people. I'm not joking. They didn't send me. It's the grace I enjoy. I'm not joking. There it is. And I pray, and I live, and I pray. I say, God, give him an idea. And people get on the internet with what they have invented, and they make it available, and they show proof where it's been tested. And people begin to buy from Nigeria, and from Ghana, and from South Africa, and from America, and through the internet. And now they say, we need to, uh, it goes to Nabdak. They, look, they gave him approval because he's right, he's genuine. And suddenly, a young girl, a young girl, 20-something, is making a return of 20-something million in a year, just doing business. Which school did she go to? She came to us and said, I have a gift for you. I said, huh? Okay, so I can look younger then. But my wife said, this is solid. Ah. Although I've not used it, you know. Men, we don't have time. But can you imagine that girl? Can you imagine my my? Can you imagine the lady that started after school, nowhere to work? I said, I'm going to the farm. Ho and cutlass. Mosumola umoru. It's not like if I'm lying. They know that. She's all over the world. America paid her way in and took her to about five, six, no, five, 13 states to talk to youths. Plenary session, AU. They called him and called, hey, I forgot the other guy's name. Then he was still a student in Unilag. He was just concerned about this child abuse, these children that were selling on the road in Maryland. I started writing, writing to the government, writing to UN at the time, Bank Moon at the time. I called this letter. I said, look, I'm quite appreciative of what you're doing and gave some reasons. He said, I preached somewhere. Somebody went to his room. I said, ah, ah, you're in Ban Ki-moon. That's why it was. Frame this thing and put it on your wall. You know, she was mine. Ah, he said, he didn't know. He did. Not knowing that that was an endorsement. Unusual. When they were calling Muslim, they called her. They called two people in the whole of Africa to come and address all heads of states in Addis Ababa on how to handle youths. When they got there, they were talking. And I said, ah, my pastor, and my church, my church, my pastor, my pastor said, ah, where? In Lagos? Yeah. Ah, you're in Nigeria? Yes, yeah, Lagos, yes. Ah, okay, fine. Which church? Both of them from Fountain. Really? Really? Ah, Sir, Ma, there's something about the covenant. Heads of state sat down, they addressed. Not workshop, plenary sessions. So it's your grace. It opens doors. All the servants will walk and they will gather all the harvest so that the, your, your, your master's son can have food to eat. But 
My people shared we eat at my table always. <laughs> Grace will seek you out. Grace <laughs> we, uh, we give you access to his presence. Grace will restore everything to you. Come on. Hello. Grace will supernaturally provide. Grace. You know why? Because we are looking at the greatness of grace. Greatness of grace is the greatness of God. Pastor, wait a minute. What about the old covenant? This law, law, law thing. Ah, it was the grace. It was when they had no understanding. He now gave them a school teacher. So that they will not sin. And when they don't sin, they will try to. Then they will cover it. The act of covering, you know, no, his grace. You must bring up blood and cover, bring blood and cover. And telling them that, look, 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 I won't stand sin. But I still love you anyway. That's why I say, cover with animal. So it's atonement, atonement, atonement. But the blood of Jesus is not atoning nothing. It's washing. And that's what makes the new covenant better. The old covenant is always, 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 but this one is once out. Forever. And it belongs to me. Glory be to God in the highest. <laughs> then he bowed himself, verse 8, and said, What is your servant that you... Uh-huh. And the king called the verse, so servant and said to him, I have given to your master, uh, uh, son and all his household, verse 10. You therefore your sword, yes. Now, yes. But if you shed, your master's son shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. So one day, God got 35. From Ziba, 36. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that the Lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat, he repeated it. 12. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table. No, wait, wait, wait. There's a place I skipped. I want to look at it. Ah, look at it. As for my people, verse 11, uh, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. It's only covenant that will bring a stranger and make him a son. Know what the king's saying? This one now has a right like a son. And this Mephibosheth ate bread considerably. Now, can I just quickly add this? What if Mephibosheth had doubted the king? What if he had looked at the king in the face and said, I don't believe you? He probably would have died in poverty, died unrecognized. But would that mean that the king was mean? No. Would that mean that the king withdrew his kindness? No. It would only mean that he just did not believe and so he did not receive. Because in chapter 10, sir, he repeated the same thing in chapter 10. I'm sorry. Chapter 10. Quickly. See, then it happened after this that the king of the people of Ammon died and Hanon, his son, reigned in his place. Then David said, I will show him kindness. The same thing. I will show him kindness. I will show kindness to Hanon, the son of 
as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent by the hand of his servant to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the Ammon, I mean, of the pool of Ammon. And the prince of the pool of Ammon said to Hanun, their lord, their new king now, do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Has David not rather sent his servants to, to you to search the city, to spy it out, and to overthrow it? Therefore Hanun took David's servants, shaved off their Guess what happened? He got war. He went to bring machineries to fight. David sacked them. He finished them. There was the same gesture. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only... That whosoever believes in him, having given to only God's son, will not perish but have everlasting life. What, what, what if they don't receive? They will perish in their sins. The grace flowing from the covenant will always look for you. In the name of Jesus. That's why when we say the blood of Jesus, they, they think we are just crazy. We are not. That's why when I think that song, I say, ah, ah, this man is swaying the spiritual. That's why I see me dancing my own dance. I forgot that you are there. Will I because of your smile or laughter? I would, eh, when I know where he's coming from. In fact, I, I will do more. If, uh, the song, uh, I said, when do I wash me? Why do you dance that way? I said, it just gets into my skin. Then to my head. Then to my heart. When it gets there, oh. Uh, when you go to Juju, your head will get, you carry all your money. Now God is saying, I love you. Ah! Uh, I said, God says, I love you. He didn't blush. You should blush and blush and blush. So that God will say, I love you. I said, yes, sir. I love you. Yes, sir. You will eat that body. <laughs> Every day of your life, eat that body. Hey. I said, Baba. Yes. What else am I living for? What am I saying? He will locate you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. He will bring you home. Amen. Give you access. Amen. Restore. Amen. Grace. 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 He will restore. And get, 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 get this well. He will sustain. He will keep you there so that you will finish where? In the name of Jesus. Please sit down before I stop. I'll just give you one scripture and that will be it. You know, I said something, I said, making you, sir, when I started preaching covenant reality this year, I don't know where to start from because it's so vast and it was hitting me from everywhere. He said, look at Hebrew. Because Hebrew compares the old and the new. So really, if somebody has a problem with all this thing about grace, just go and study Hebrew. It will teach you through the covenant you will just see clearly. So I was preaching Hebrew. I was looking at Hebrew. I said, God, what do I that? He said, look at, he said, Paul. When Paul wants to teach, he will start it. Then he's trying to talk to you about uh, faith. Then he gets to grace. Paul will go on grace. 
Then when he's concluding, there will be a benediction. Then you now pick his feedback and continue. So his best teachings are in his digressions. Go and check the Bible. All the doctrines of Paul, most, then his digressions. And it's either he's finishing a verse or a chapter or a book or finishing that discussion, there will be a benediction. Or a doxology. It will be like a one-line summary and of course an invocation of blessing based on what he has taught us. So I just found myself in chapter 13. Please let me put 13. Hebrews 13, 20-21. My last. Hebrews 13, 20-21. Thank you. It will be good in Amplify, but if you don't, just put this, this one. It's okay. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead the Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, how? Through the blood, come on, of the everlasting, <laughs> not the temporary one. <laughs> this one doesn't finish. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, what will he now do? See, all we have been saying is just been describing this God of peace. Now he's going to tell you, what will he do? He will what? Make you. That's covenant. He's always making you. What will he make you do? Make you perfect. Some version says, make you... Give me other version in your Bible if you have it. Make you complete. Then if you go up, look at the Amplified or you go into Strong's, make you capable, make you fit for the purpose which he has created you. That really hits me. Covenant will not only find you, bring you home, restore, sustain, he will constantly make you fit. <laughs> Complete. Perfect. And make you what you ought to be. So stop struggling. What is the structure of you? Believe! Make you what you ought to be and equip you. With every... <laughs> with everything good... That you may carry out his will. Oh, so grace. So when I look at this, I say, Ah, for a covenant child of God, there can never be regret in your diary. In, your in the name of Jesus. Never. But you must come to terms. Make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good. That you may carry out his will while he himself does what works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his. So he's the one doing it. Now, see, 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 see. David said, The Lord is my shepherd. Old Testament, I shall not want. He makes me. He understood something. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores. He leads me in the past of righteousness. Why? For his name. Hey! Hear this man talking like New Testament believer. You know, says, with this one, with all this, even if I walk through. Now, where is the fear? Fear is gone. Now you can see where his boldness came from. His confidence, conviction in the covenant. Shall we rise? 
Thank you for listening to this message from our annual conference themed Great Grace. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m., while our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.